Welcome back, nerds, to Batman University. It's me, your internet friend, Tony Sindelar, here to talk about Batman. Uh, tonight, uh, my guest is joining me, is a returning scholar at Batman University. Uh, you might recognize him from the episode where we talked about Clayface, or perhaps from his other many appearances on Incomparable-related materials. Uh, it's Joe Rosenstiel, or Joe Steele, as the internet knows you. Hi, Joe. Hello. Hi. How are things? Fine. Just, so... Uh, just- Swinging in, in yeah, Gotham here. Yeah. So I'll remind our listeners for this this season of uh, Batman University, I expanded the scope somewhat and allowed people to pick additional DC animated material. Um, I, I really love Batman the Animated Series, but there's only so many episodes of this, and there are other things that other people love that I am interested in talking about. But the downside of this is that sometimes people show up and make me watch an episode of Superman. I kid, the Superman anime series is fun. It is not my my one true love. Um, Dan Morin made me watch three episodes. Uh, Joe is a much more polite guest here at Batman University. He he has assigned me but a single episode, though it is an episode that is conspicuously has very little Batman in it. But it's about Batman, right, Joe? Yeah, I would say it's definitely uh, uh, Batman adjacent, as they would say here in L.A. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, a, more about looking at uh, the world through the way Batman sees things uh, through Superman's eyes, um, which is which is an interesting and somewhat novel take on on things. Yeah. So the episode we watched is uh, it's called Nighttime. That's night with a K. Uh, and this is from the uh, the third season of Superman, the animated series. Um, I believe the third of three. So kind of late in the Superman animated series run. And this is basically kind of I, I feel like it's kind of a kind of a partner bookend episode to the uh, the earlier three parter in the Superman animated series where uh, Batman goes to Metropolis and things happen. Uh, and basically the premise of this one is that uh, Superman ends up visiting Gotham as the kind of bookend to that, that little uh, set of stories. Um, and this episode is, is really fun. It features a lot of DC animated universe characters. Uh, and it almost feels kind of like a proto justice league episode, because there's just so many characters sprinkled throughout this, um, that it kind of really rewards the viewer who has, uh, kind of consumed a bunch of this media and, and is familiar, uh, with those car- with, with the different characters. Yeah. I don't know if you would be able to enjoy this episode if you were not, uh, fluent in a lot of Batman stuff. Uh, so it's, it's sort of appropriate to do it as a second year of, uh, of yeah, Batman University advanced thing. studies. So. Yeah. Um, so the kind of opening premise, uh, we'll just kind of jump through this a little bit and we'll, we'll chat about, uh, various aspects along the way that are of interest. Uh, we get kind of, this is the second appearance of the, uh, Roxy Rocket character, who is a character that was invented for, um, the, the cartoons. I don't believe she's an existing comic character in any way. And she's basically, the premise for her, it's, there's not a lot to it. A stunt woman who uh, turns to a life of crime and uses jetpacks and rockets to uh, to cause trouble. And the frame she's she's appeared once before in in the uh, the new Batman Adventures. Uh, she hits on Batman like crazy, <laughs> um, which is ca- kind of weird. She hits on Superman like crazy too. Uh, it, it seems to be a peculiar character trait. Yeah, um, but she's she's very flirty. Yeah. Uh, but she's not in much of the episode, so if you cringe, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Move right past it. Yeah, and she is just used as kind of an introductory thing for – she's in Metropolis causing trouble, and Superman is like, why the heck are you here? And the the reason is that basically there's already a crime wave in Gotham, so there's too much competition. 
and that basically piques uh, Superman's interest um, because apparently the word on the street is Batman is missing, and he wants to he wants to put on his detective cap as the uh, I don't know the world's second greatest detective. Um, it's it's unclear um, what what his detective uh, abilities are, though he does a lot of detective work in this episode. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it mostly hinges on his his uh, unique talents um, or. Well, not really talents, but uh, unique unique traits of of his uh, Kryptonian background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he ends up in Gotham, and he uh, connects with Robin. So again, you you know this this episode, you definitely have to be familiar with the Bat family. And Robin mentions uh, Batgirl and Nightwing, who do not appear in this episode, but they are off looking for Batman, uh, uh, but thinking that maybe. Uh, I, I think Robin says ghoul something, but so that's a reference to Rachel ghoul again. So like, we're like five minutes into this episode and lots of, lots of characters are getting name dropped uh, or appearing. And basically uh, Robin and Superman are going to team up and search for the missing Batman slash Bruce Wayne. And pretty quickly, they, they basically make the decision that uh, to go about doing this, uh, Superman is going to need to take on the role of Batman. And that is going to lead to some amusing hijinks. Yes, and that's really the the main novelty factor here of this episode is is just watching Superman uh, wear his Batman costume and use precise muscle control to get the voice of Kevin Conroy uh, as Batman, which I don't really necessarily buy, but... <laughs> which also, yeah. I mean, having watched the entire Superman animated series, he never does anything like that ever again, so... No. Yeah, <laughs> you know... Um, I think I almost would have preferred for, I mean, I guess maybe Kevin Conroy needs to get a paycheck, but I almost would have preferred for like humor purposes if, uh, the Superman voice actor had just like done a Kevin Conroy impersonation, even if it wasn't very good. Uh, and they had incorporated that into, you know, like, does his voice sounds different? Does he have a sore throat <laughs> or something like that when he's interacting with, uh, Commissioner Gordon and whatnot? There are several scenes where like they're in the Batcave and whatnot and, he, and it's, uh, Superman slash Clark Kent has the cowl off, and so it's it's him there with the curl of hair, but then Batman, the Batman outfit from the Torso Town, and it's like, for me, as such a viewer of Superman and Batman, like, like there's a cognitive dissonance when I see that. Like, it's like, this does not work, <laughs> you know? Superman on top, Batman on bottom, no work, does not, does not <laughs> compute. Um, uh, yeah. I've got it's, problems. It's... <laughs> you know, it's sort of a super mullet. Um, it's, 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 it's you know batman uh in the in the back and superman in the front uh, I, I like I, I like all batman that's my my <laughs> yeah. problem yeah uh and i i think it's it's really interesting uh to see him work with robin here uh too because this is also the young robin not mm-hmm. the one you're familiar with from the first animated series uh but this is from the the new adventures one um uh, so he he's a little uh, sassy and spunky, um, I guess, and uh, you also get to see some of his smarts. Like, oh, it's in it's in that compartment on your belt, and uh, you you need to reach for the grappling hook on that side, and uh, you know do this over here, and uh, that's Bane, um, etc. Like he 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 knows what he's doing. He's a street smart kid, um, uh, or at least a bat street smart kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. they definitely, I mean, the whole, I feel like this episode was like, how do we get Superman in a Batman outfit? Uh, and then worked backward for there. But it's fun because 
Uh, there's certain parts of being Batman that Superman is great at because he's he's very strong and very fast. In fact, he's uh, faster and stronger than Batman is. Uh, but he doesn't know where all the gadgets are, and he doesn't necessarily know who all the the players in Gotham are. Um, so that's like that that is fun. Like that's a neat kind of exploration of like what would what would uh, Superman be good at, and what would he struggle at if he was uh, trying to wear the mantle of the bat and trying to navigate Gotham. So I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, and his his instincts are not the same at all, especially when it comes to when they when they're uh, talking to uh, the penguin, mm-hmm. um, and their in their first attempt to get information uh, about where the Mad Hatter is because they think that he might be behind uh, the nanite stuff that they they found in the office. Uh, he he is uh, not used to dealing with people in that manner. Usually, he's just like, "I'm Superman," and then they just tell him things. But mm-hmm. uh, in this in this case, uh, Robin's like, "Yeah, you know, you have to flip the desk," and he's like, "What? What do you mean?" He's like, "Just trust <laughs> me, flip the desk." <laughs> I love it. Um, and and there again, we've got just another kind of quick cameo by a DC villain um, who the, the episode is not about the penguin, but the penguin appears here briefly in his kind of information broker role in uh, in the DC universe. And he gets a scene and then they move on. And again, it, it like it really rewards you if you know who all these characters are, because this episode may have um, – more characters than just about any the only other episode i can think of is there's like there's like an episode where like batman is on trial in like arkham asylum and there are many villains that have non-speaking roles uh so this this is a neat episode where you have all these different villains who get their little parts that show you kind of like how the different parts of gotham fit together in the criminal underworld um so basically they end up uh with uh i guess they get the information that uh Mad Hatter has teamed up with uh, Riddler and Bane, and they're in some hideout somewhere. And Robin and Batman go, or Robin and Superman as Batman go there to uh, beat them up and get information they need from uh, from the Mad Hatter. And we have a, a, a fun fight sequence. Yeah, I mean it's uh, not really an entirely fair fight because uh, even though yeah he's even though he's up against uh, Bane who uh, is all juiced up on super venom or whatever uh is stronger than he ever has been etc cetera, etc cetera, and uh it w- would have easily crushed him um and wiped him out and uh that was too easy and etc but uh but yes superman so <laughs> it yeah doesn't work. and i i almost felt like they were actually like maybe to, like i felt i mean obviously superman wins but it almost seemed like i i almost didn't buy that uh like it seemed like they were kind of depicted as maybe evenly matched. Like maybe Bane has a chance when they're kind of like grappling and wrestling with each other. And it's like, no, I don't buy that. Superman could break him in half. Um, yeah. I think he was holding back to not tip the the hand that, mm-hmm. you know, they, he, there was something else going on. Um, but, but obviously once he gets out from underneath the rubble that it's, it's uh, not exactly uh, apparent that, that it, this is uh, a normal human being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh this is this episode is also somewhat significant in that um when they did the uh Superman uh adventures and the uh the animated Superman and the new Batman adventures is kind of this fourth final season of Batman the animated series, they redesigned a lot of the characters to kind of uh make the Batman characters more uh, visually simple and sleeker to kind of match the style of animation that had been established with the Superman animated series uh, that would then continue on uh, into the Justice League and beyond. And some of the characters change dramatically and some of the characters really don't change or it's, it's just kind of like their outfits, not their their overall physique. Um, 
But this episode is somewhat interesting or significant as far as that, because we see all these different villains, and some of them, it is their first appearance uh, in their new designs, and some of them are rather strikingly different. Uh, so the Penguin looks very different, uh, the Mad Hatter looks somewhat different, Bane looks somewhat different, and the Riddler looks very different. Uh, and some of these redesigns I'm okay with, and some I do not care for at all. So No, yeah. I, I don't care for the Riddler's outfit. It's yeah. just one big green spandex thing it's it's not a it's not a good look um i of course it's the same voice actor uh who had who had played the riddler before um but it's just not a good suit i, I prefer when he has uh the, the like the green blazer and the bowler hat and and stuff um, that is and, that is my preferred as well i had an action figure of the uh the green blazer riddler as a child that i was much beloved because the riddler is my favorite batman villain this um, this is a little too streamlined and minimal. <laughs> yeah, and it's it seems uh inspired uh by Batman Forever, uh which <laughs> um or which I'm not <laughs> I don't like to be reminded of. So um yeah. Uh and you know, you know th- this episode crams a lot of people into it, so the Riddler doesn't really get to do anything in this episode. Um, he's just there for the sake of having another villain and he's got his cane that I guess it drops and lowers a cage, uh, which is not particularly Ridley Riddlery, but that's what he does. He has the, the, uh, restraint that Mm -hmm. he, uh, is capable of launching onto, uh, Batman, uh, Superman as Batman. Um, and that wraps around him. Um, but it doesn't really seem like a puzzle. Or anything particularly Riddlery. It just seems like another constraint to place upon him. Um, as, and the cage just made me laugh because it's just like point. It, Robin just happened to be standing directly underneath the cage. <laughs> yeah, not not an elaborate yeah. death trap. Um, yeah, I, no. I think the uh, restraining Superman is a, an ongoing thing in the Superman animated series uh, because he, his strength is basically so. Uh, invincible like the only thing that can basically inconvenience him usually just temporarily is like something that basically limits his ability to move his arms um but they go back to that a lot right like you know mm-hmm. um and then and guess what it'll you know 30 seconds to two minutes later he will he'll break out of it but you know people uh encircle him with all kinds of various like uh space putties and uh other things that um that slow him down um but cannot defeat him um, yeah, the other character designs I don't super care for either, and it is, you know, some of them are much more striking than others. The the Batman redesign, I'm fine with. They changed his suit. Um, I like the original suit, but, like, it makes sense that they redesign it to fit with the kind of the style of the Superman uh, animated series. But uh, Bane, I don't like in this appearance either. They kind of, I like the classic uh, kind of luchador style Bane, and here he gets kind of reworked. He looks kind of more uh, like S&M enthusiast Bane. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and I guess I'm okay with the Mad Hatter. He becomes a little bit more cartoony in terms of like how distorted his features are. Um, yeah. So S&M means a uh, Saturday morning enthusiast Bane, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so <laughs> Any, anyway, uh, the, the one design that's not in here um, because the character isn't in here that I particularly despise is the uh redesign for the joker mm, uh, yeah where they made his eyes black and then gave him those tiny little white pupils yeah um I, and he doesn't I, have a red mouth anymore i feel like that was the yeah it, it's he looks like some kind of horrible alien or something um yeah yeah not, not a fan they, um, they went back and re redesigned him um for other later appearances that he had uh and i know uh he just shows up a couple times in justice league 
but uh the one that he has for world's finest is just like i think the worst yeah uh, uh, of the redesigns it's yeah it's unfortunate especially for that as one that you see so often that it, it's it's really kind of jarring how how different it is um and yeah i mean maybe it's not like maybe it would not bother me as much if that was how he had looked the whole time but it, it's 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 hard with how iconic the Joker is, um, mm-hmm. you know. I don't, for example, the Penguin is very like he has like an entirely different kind of shape and silhouette to him, um, and for some reason that doesn't bother me because I, I guess I'm just not as invested in the Penguin. And they kind of do away with the. I guess you can kind of see how the the movies uh, clearly influence them heavily, right? Like uh, the Penguin almost had more of the Danny DeVito style Penguin, and then is redone to look more like the. Uh, the 1960s Batman where he's just like a funny little gentleman. Um, and Catwoman, uh, another villain we don't see in this episode, but she is, her redesign looks more like the movies. Um, so it's interesting what they, uh, what they feel influenced by and what they don't, what they don't care mm-hmm. about. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, well, it was also a long running cartoon series, so yeah. they changed their minds over time. Um, because you're basically, uh, this episode is 1998. And mm-hmm. when was the first episode of, the Batman animated series? I should know this off the top of my head. I want to say like 1992. Um, yeah. Maybe it's a so little it's, later than that. So, yeah. I, I mean, we're talking like six or seven years of this. That's um, a lot of a lot of years in yeah. animation production time, right? Yeah. So people tweak things. Yeah. Uh, but uh, in particular in this episode uh, with the villains that we do have, um, I, I mostly don't care because I don't care about these particular uh, uh, foes other than I think the Riddler just looks silly and his, his appearance um, doesn't lend anything to the plot at all. He's Mm-mm. just, he's just filler. I think um, he, he suffers the most from the redesign. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I think they feel like it would have been pretty silly to just have Bane and the Mad Hatter teaming up. So they're like, we just need another random one to throw in here. <laughs> yeah. I, it is like, how did those guys meet? <laughs> so <laughs> who set them up? Um, yeah. I mean, this is too early for Tinder. So I don't know how, mm-hmm. I don't know how it all, it all transpired because they, they seem to have nothing in common. Um, the Mad Hatter and the Riddler. Sure. I could see that, but I feel, I feel like they even have a lot to talk about, but I don't think they'd work well together. Right. I feel like there's too, they have too much in common in a, in a supervillain team. Right. Um, yeah. Cause they both would want to be the mastermind. So that, I feel like that doesn't work. Um, so but, maybe that's why they have Bane there to neutralize their mastermind tendencies. Yeah. <laughs> Cause Bane also seems to be taking the weird role of leading them. Yes. Um, that's very strange. <laughs> It's just like this is not really what I picture for Bane, but uh, you know, I I, I guess I, I should give him uh, uh, more credit than than I usually do. Um, but well, uh, you know, there, there yeah. are Bane t- does get depicted very differently in different versions, um, which kind of amuses me because I don't think of him as a very uh, complex character. Um, and there are I, I feel like I have in several versions seen uh, in like in video games and whatnot, like Bane is sometimes kind of depicted as this like because uh, he's often depicted as like a mercenary or an assassin. And I have a, seen at least once, I think in the Arkham Asylum games, he is like the leader of, of uh, he's the figurehead leader of like a gang of mercenaries. So uh, he, any he, of a very paramilitary group. So I, I'm, I'm willing to buy him as a leader. Uh, it's in very stark contrast to, for example, uh, you may have recently watched Batman and Robin, uh, where we have uh, the version of Bane who is a mindless zombie. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, there seem to be a lot of interpretations of what do you do with a guy who has uh, steroids pumping into the back of his brain. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, at least he didn't go into the middle of a football field and give a speech about capitalism. But, I wasn't going to um... bring that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it happened. Uh, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so the, the, this fight wraps itself up because it's it's sort of superfluous. Uh, I think it helps Superman see that Batman's villains really aren't uh, a, a joke uh, necessarily. Um, that this... They they do pose some kind of a threat, even though they don't know that uh, this is Superman, so their machinations aren't going to work mm-hmm. in this case. But uh, uh, it's 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 definitely novel to see uh, him have to uh, deal deal with that scenario. So the the culmination of the fight is that they uh, they capture the Mad Hatter. Um, so they they kind of thought that because that Bruce Wayne is acting very weird, he is being mind controlled. Therefore, Mad Hatter is behind this. Uh, Mad Hatter is not behind this. This is, in fact, also uh, worth noting the second time that the, that there's some kind of mind control shenanigans going on, and the hero suspects that it's the Mad Hatter, and it's not the Mad Hatter, because there's also a Batman animated series episode uh, where basically the Joker has stolen the Mad Hatter's technology. So I almost I feel bad for the Mad Hatter that he has basically twice been like, oh, there's, you know, and like this happens a lot in the Batman animated world where it's like, you know, someone's stealing clowns, it's the Joker. Someone's uh, you know, knocked over an ice cream truck. Let's go find uh let's go find Mr. Freeze. Uh brain control. It turns out brain Mad Hatter doesn't have the uh he's not the only one who owns brain control, right? So right. uh and he basically studies the the clues that they have and offers up the information that these the, they found nanites crawling over uh Bruce Wayne's office, which is creepy, uh, and that they are basically they are potentially alien in nature they are so advanced uh and and uh robin and superman have a nice little uh aside where like uh robin is freaking out that it's aliens or or makes a comment about it and superman says like i won't take that personally you know in parentheses (laughs) because i'm an alien Um, yes which again it's just a nice little moment that really rewards uh that if you if you know who all these characters are and how they feel about their lives and what their backstories are and it's just, it's very convincing how all of this kind of fits together. Um, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I mean, this is definitely for the fans. Yeah. Um, and uh, that moves us right into the, the final little bit where they're just like, let's, you know, try listening to that thing again. Oh, wait, I hear, hear a thing. So it must be this. So Wayne Aerospace, let's go there. Um, which I, I don't know why they didn't hear that earlier because they've listened to that same recording like well then the times. then the episode would have only been six minutes long so you know <laughs> reasons <laughs> yeah uh they needed to have that fight scene um, yeah but uh th- that that ushers them off to uh wayne aerospace which is supposed to be mothballed uh, according to robin and inside they find uh bruce wayne instructing everybody uh to leave because they did a really good job and now it's time to launch the thing so they should all go home <laughs> Classic uh, uh, CEO behavior. Everybody leave. I'm going to do something really suspicious. <laughs> but I mean, actually, that must not be that suspicious at, at Wayne Enterprises. Because there's <laughs> there's just so many occasions where he's just like, oh, so this car thing. So you guys should all just walk out of here right now. And I'm just going to drive yeah. that away. Yep. And then uh, the, you guys who were excavating this cave mm-hmm. tunnel down here, yeah, don't don't worry about it. <laughs> you guys who built me half of a space station, please make sure not to talk to the people on the other side of the building who built the other half of the space station. Uh, you would, might figure out that the only space station orbiting Earth is operated by the Justice League. That could look confusing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, it, there, there's just some very convenient stuff that Wayne Enterprises is able to, to pull off because yeah. of... Uh, 
compartmentalization and, and cre- denial. <laughs> probably creative accounting also. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so we get the reveal uh, that the uh, that that why is why is Bruce Wayne acting all strange? Uh, it is because he's being controlled, and the villain that is controlling him, which is I think the sixth villain that we see in this episode, uh, is revealed to be Brainiac, who is like in a closet, which is um, he steps out, <laughs> uh, and Brainiac is the. Uh, classic, because uh, it reminds you that this is a Superman episode that just happens to be set in Gotham and involve a lot of Batman characters. Uh, the classic uh, super villain of Superman, who is basically a evil computer robot uh, artificial intelligence uh, that consumes information and then blows up planets. Uh, and he basically ha- is set on uh, leaving Earth with all the information, and I guess it's implied also destroying the Earth on his way out. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Superman's like, I can't let you do that. Uh, Oh, wait, well, first, uh, it's nobody knows that it's Superman yet. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, We have to to have them uh, face off, and uh, Brainiac thinks that he is going to dispatch uh, Batman because he is only human and uh, zaps the bejesus out of him. Um, And this just peels away the bat suit and mm-hmm. you're just left with uh, the Superman under ruse. Which he apparently um, layers under his bat suit, um, his borrowed yeah. bat suit. Um, you, you, don't, you don't know what time of year it is. It could be kind of cold in Gotham. Yeah. But uh, so, <laughs> well, it's a good thing he had that on. Otherwise, he'd just be uh, naked Superman for the rest mm-hmm. of the, the thing. Um, but uh, then, then, you know, Brainiac's like a uh, Kal-El. This is an unexpected development. Um, and they, they, they go into the fisticuffs and the fighting and the being thrown out of windows onto some sort of vent slash reel to reel tape recorder thing that I'm not mm-hmm. entirely clear about. Science, um, science bric a brac. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, uh, Brainiac blasts the roof to, uh, drop it down on top of a zombified, uh, uh, Wayne and uh, Robin, so Superman has to protect them, and Brainiac can make his escape in the, the little rocket ship. Um, so that that's very convenient for him. Uh, unfortunately, Superman can very easily protect them for five seconds and then head off right after. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and they fight in space. Um, now I w- I forget if they are consistent across Superman and Justice League about whether Superman uh, can exist in the vacuum of space without. Uh, something because sometimes they show him in a spacesuit, um, and I don't know if that is uh, like just maybe he gets cold uh, or or protects him from kryptonite things uh, or um, as as well. But I was a little curious as he's fighting uh, Brainiac and they're in space, and I was like, is Superman in trouble here because space? Uh, but I did not remember uh, how consistent they were about whether Superman is totally fine flying around in space or if that is like dangerous for him. Um, uh, he, I think my understanding is that he's fine for short periods of time okay. uh, outside of the atmosphere. So, and, like, and they're in like yeah. maybe they're in the upper atmosphere. So, you know, maybe not not the best place to be, but he's not in real danger. Um, yeah, he he can't fly to like Jupiter and back. That's that's mm-hmm. not something he can do. But uh, without a some sort of uh, protection, but uh, he he can be in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so he's he's able to to fight uh brainiac who just has a little blaster things and then he just laser eyes those things and then uh tentacle stuff which is fun (laughs) gotta love tentacles and then it you know destroys them and then uh blows up the thing but he 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 doesn't he doesn't uh actually make sure that brainiac was destroyed he's just like okay 
that that explosion looked convincing enough. I will just go back down. <laughs> oh, presumably, and I mean, he, he even mentions like, "Oh, Brainiac always has a way of popping up again uh, later." And you know, it's we we got we got to leave ourselves something to deal with in in a future episode potentially. Um, yeah. So I am curious. Uh, how did you feel about the reveal of uh, Brainiac as the kind of surprise villain uh, in this episode? Well, when I first saw this when I was a kid uh, in 1998, well, not like a kid necessarily, I guess middle school. Um, when I when I first saw this in 1998, uh, I was surprised by it because it didn't it it didn't appear to be presaged by anything, and we were supposed to be in Gotham, so it kind of uh, seemed unexpected that there would be a Superman related villain that would show up. Um, but uh, as an adult, uh, having seen this episode, uh, it, it is very obvious that, of course, it's going to be Brainiac um, the, because the, the nanites do it. Get yeah, you there. Yeah, yeah. The nanites, um, the, the nanites even look a little Brainiacy, um, mm-hmm. and the uh, uh, it it would make sense, especially when you see the spaceship uh, and he says, "Oh, it's Kryptonian in origin." And it's like, well, t- who who else is it going to be? It's not General Zod. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's, it's Brainiac. I thought it was a pretty good kind of kind of reveal. I mean, I think it was pretty well hinted, um, but it was. I I mean, I guess it was not amazingly obvious in that I feel like there are other times where it takes them like twenty minutes to get where like the viewer has already figured out. Like, you know, um, yeah. And usually, it's the the way they kind of hedge around that a little bit is with a villain that the the hero has not encountered before. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was reasonably surprising slash, uh, but not completely uh unhinted and so I, I thought it was pretty good as far as that goes um i like that it's it's also kind of a callback to um an earlier uh uh superman uh episode where uh basically lex Luthor tries to harness brainiac's technology to build better weapons and uh surprise it you know doesn't go great um so the idea being that uh brainiac stuff is still in uh lex Luthor's uh or, or sorry is uh, brainiac's stuff is still in uh the bruce wayne technology computers uh from that from that partnership so there's a little bit of a, a callback there which you know is the theme of this episode right this episode is just peppered with callbacks and allusions to other dc animated stuff um, yeah and, and that's why i don't think this would be enjoyable to anyone if they just were picking this up as a casual person who was interested in batman and superman I don't think they would uh, necessarily get the the rewarding feeling that you get if you have watched a significant amount of the animated series uh, of both Batman and Superman. Yeah. So this this episode definitely rewards people who have done a lot of homework, <laughs> which is challenging uh, for for I guess because I know some people are rediscovering these series uh, through Batman University, uh, and this is maybe this is a fun one to uh, if you've watched a bunch of stuff and are looking for something that will piece some things together but if you're just getting into this stuff for kind of the first time maybe this is one to come back to later after you've watched uh, kind of maybe a good number of both superman the animated series and batman the animated series because it's it's going to reward your your kind of understanding of all those references um yeah, yeah I, I mean you certainly don't need to watch every episode no. of it but i would say you definitely need to have watched uh, world's finest and uh mm-hmm. the the two-parter introduction of superman um because that's where they get you brainiac um to begin with because uh, uh, the oh, i think one of the things that this episode suffers, suffers from is that if you don't have the background knowledge they don't help fill in anything on these villains 
Um, so like, there's no exposition of like, oh yes, this person did this thing that one time, uh, uh, it would just be a total mystery to you. You'd be like, I don't know why I need to care about, uh, there's no explanatory comma parentheses around anything, right? There's no Robin saying, as you know, Superman, uh, Bane is (laughs) powered by, uh, Venom and the Mad Hatter is known for this. And the Riddler has a, a special cane we need to watch out for. None of that happens. Uh, this just this assumes that you've seen all the stuff, which is uh, somewhat unusual for this type of cartoon. Um, but I guess it's therefore a little bit a little bit rewarding uh, to the viewer if you have done all that homework. Uh, just like you know, I mean, I know people who have gone into some of the uh, the, the Marvel movies and they have not done the homework. Um, which you know, it's kind of awful that that's the world we live in now. But uh, or or great depending on your your worldview. But you know, I mean, I've seen Avengers with people who had not seen the movies leading up to Avengers, and they were like. This movie didn't make any sense. And uh, maybe it's unfortunate that the movie uh, doesn't stand on its own, but it, it is also, these are movies uh, in these giant things that, that reward you being familiar with all the different characters and the different ways the world fits together, um, which I think for some people is really exciting. It's neat when it's, you know, this, especially uh, in the, the 90s, we didn't have a lot in terms of uh, uh, television with long stories that spread across episodes, right? It was, things were very episodic. So though this episode is relatively episodic, it does reward you being familiar with all the different characters. Yeah. And uh, to go back to something you said there with the with the serialized nature of these things, like this episode is not serialized. Like there's no part one to part two, part three or anything like that. It doesn't continue in storyline threads directly from the episodes preceding or, or uh, uh, leading after uh, or following after. Uh, but um, they are playing with these ideas of this uh, established world where they can call back to things without uh, retreading them and doing more complex uh, stories. And you can see some of that, uh, especially in season two and three of the Superman animated series, where you've got a lot of uh, dark side heavy stuff, um, which requires a lot of uh, things to happen. (laughs) Um, But uh, that, then that lays the, that and like episodes like this lay the groundwork for what becomes uh, justice league. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Justice League Unlimited after that, uh, where there there is definitely uh, some complicated uh, serialized stuff happening, um, especially with the interpersonal relationships of the various heroes, uh, yeah. which we only see sort of a glimpse of because we don't get that much Batman, like you said at the beginning. Um, the, this episode is mainly about looking at Batman's world um, with Superman, and uh, that's novel. But uh, if this had been... Um, a longer episode or uh, a two-parter or something it would have been also nice to see uh batman be a little more uh of of an active participant in the episode rather than just uh merely uh brainwashed for the entire thing (laughs) yeah and you know i mean i love batman but i i do like uh the, the various episodes that are kind of batman without batman uh which is i think probably why i'm able to tolerate the tv show gotham more than many other people can uh but you know there are some great batman animated series episodes that are not about batman uh uh, point of view is an episode that's like from the perspective of three cops uh bullet for for bullock is all about uh, uh harvey bullock and like an, an assassin that's out to 
get him. And like, these are fun little episodes that, uh, that show you like what things are like in Gotham even, and Batman is kind of just a background character in some of those. And that's like, that's fun from a storytelling point of view. Um, yeah. Or, th- or that one where he was pretending to be killer croc, uh, the entire yes. time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Almost got him. Um, yeah, a great one. Um, I love that episode so much. Uh, that, that is one of those things that like, I just, I remember seeing that, uh, for the first time as a kid and just that story burned into my mind and I can never forget it. It's, it's up there with certain episodes of, uh, TNG that just, uh, have formed who I am for better or worse. Um, so yeah. Uh, it, it kind of reminds me, uh, I, I used to uh, read some of the, um, Will Eisner did this uh, comic series where basically uh, he had been told he had to do a superhero series like to get published, and he created the spirit. Uh, some of you may be familiar with the horrible movie that is very, very loosely uh, based on on his comic. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in theaters. Um, but the original comics of it are kind of amazing because basically Will Eisner wanted to to, to, uh, to do this uh, comic about uh, kind of life in a city and with tenements and all the different weird people that would live there and interact with each other. And he had to basically, in order to get it like approved by an editor had to have a superhero, like as the title character, but then he does all these stories that are not about the spirit. They're about people that like, you know, cross paths with the spirit or live down the street from the spirit. Uh, so I like it when Batman does that as well. Um, I, I think it's fun. You know, I, I, I'm kind of jokingly mocked you at first and for assigning a Batman University episode uh, that basically has very little Batman, effectively no Batman in it. Um, but this is a great episode because it's about the the, the uh, expanding the DC animated world and showing what Gotham is like. And, uh, you know, even having Robin and Superman interact is kind of a neat thing that doesn't really happen anywhere else, I think, in any episodes, at least not in any meaningful way like this. Um, so it's fun to kind of put these characters together who live in the same world, who probably don't interact that much, even if you have weird matchups where uh, Bane and the Riddler and the Mad Hatter are trying to pull off some kind of heist that I don't really believe. That's fine. It's fun to uh, have all these different people in the same room and have Superman and Batman interacting with different people. Um, so, yeah, great pick, Joe. Oh, thank you. Uh, and I th- I think you're right. This is the only time that Robin um, and Superman cross paths because uh, he wasn't in, in World's Finest. Mm-hmm. and then he, he robin disappears <laughs> yeah and then robin disappears there's kind of a weird thing that happens in uh at the time they were making uh justice league uh i think because they're le- is that the, that's around the time that the with like a lead up to the christopher nolan movies and they basically were told to um and there was going to be that there's also this a, a cartoon that's not part of the dc animated universe um starts around the same time the batman so they're basically uh i think warner brothers slash dc comics was concerned about the amount of kind of overlapping batman media available at the same time uh so batman is still in the justice league but there's like a sudden drop off where like no Batman villains appear in the later episodes of the Justice League because they were concerned about confusing viewers slash, I don't know, having conflicting toy lines or something. So some business decision that didn't really have anything to do with, you know, storytelling. Um, yeah. yeah. So so Robin and Superman never to be friends again. Um, Sad. Yeah. They worked well together. Yeah, it was fun. Awesome. This was great, Joe. Uh, thanks so much for uh, returning to Batman University. Thanks for picking an episode that I really enjoyed uh, watching and talking about. And uh, thanks for being here. Um, where should people who may be less familiar with your podcast appearances uh, go to hear more from you? 
Uh, you can go to theincomparable.com and uh, you can find Defocus there. You can also go to defocus.co if you just want to go right to that. Um, and uh, you can see me on the internets. There's there's an about page and you can click on things. I, I assume people will be able to click on several things. I think most of our listeners are capable of clicking. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you got to be careful to assume. <laughs> I believe in you listeners. You can do it. Well, I think that we've covered everything we needed to cover today, so I think this brings another uh, class session of Batman University to a close. Uh, Thank you, Joe, and be well. Thank you. Next week, it's time to talk about Batman Beyond. Uh, George Peckham Rooney joins me to talk about Rebirth, the first two episodes of Batman Beyond.